0: Hello, my name is Ryan, and I make music under the name Sleeping At Last. Uh, This podcast is an absolute joy to get to make um, because it it gives me the honor of sharing all that goes into my music and everything that I'm making. Uh, So thank you so much for listening and for being curious. Today is all about a brand new song of mine called "Some Kind of Heaven." Uh, this song belongs to a sort of unexpected collection of songs that I'm calling "Mother," which were written in the aftermath of my mom's passing one year ago. Um, and if you're just tuning into this podcast now, you can you can learn more about these Mother songs in uh, the last couple episodes um, for songs to be enchanted and wave after wave. Um, but these songs are how I grieve, cope. Uh, process and, and hopefully heal, and so these episodes about these particular songs are are definitely a huge part of that process for me. And uh, uh, to be able to get to openly share my experience or, or my wrestling with grief and all that comes with it, I, I just am really, really grateful. So much of this stuff is is really hard to talk about, um, but it also feels really good to put some of the feelings of grief into words, in addition to music and. Um, I hope that somehow in this process, if if you've also experienced grief, uh, we can feel a little less alone together. The song that I have the pleasure of introducing you to today is called Some Kind of Heaven. And uh, though each of these new mother songs especially are me wearing my feelings on my sleeve, um, well, all of Sleeping Last music is definitely that way, but... This song in particular, uh, this is maybe my most direct and vulnerable in terms of the lyrics. Um, Once I finished writing this song and and recording it, I was listening back on on the final mix, and um, I realized that anyone who hears this song will know exactly what it feels like to be my therapist. (laughs) I'm very serious, actually, because every lyric in the song refers to something I have processed out loud in therapy and kind of unintentionally you the listener get to be my therapist every time you hear this song so sorry and also thank you uh, that said i am just honored to get to share this song with you this one um it doesn't really rely on on metaphor or even even much layering or texturing this is this is a pretty direct like just straight from my experience kind of song and uh it means a lot to get to uh, to share it with you today so let's go ahead and listen to some kind of heaven
1: Just a little longer now Shouldn't be much longer Wait, tell me again, what is this about? Having trouble sleeping Keep thinking my phone's ringing Awake in a panic, what's wrong now? My nervous system's acting up I'm worried it's forever messed up Now being awake feels unsafe Please help me remember the voice of my mother, reminding me everything's okay. She deeply believed it. Just a little. Civil War Faith. Just a little longer, God knows I'm growing impatient. I know how cliche, but I need. Acceptance Sure feels like surrender But I've still got so much to prove I still talk to my mother I keep saying I'm sorry The only words that feel are like I need to believe just a little longer, everything will make sense. Broken things will be remade. There's some kind of heaven. Just around the corner, and all this pain will be replaced. Just a little longer.
0: Of all the songs in my my little mother collection, um, this one is by far the most difficult to listen to um, for me, just because it feels it feels so personal, and it feels like my my pain and my grief were directly written into into a song. Whereas the other songs in this collection, like Mother, for example, is a song so much about like the the beauty and, and joy that my mom gave to me. Uh, as her son. And so it, it's so much about honoring her life. And the song To Be Enchanted is is definitely processing grief, but behind the idea of of a ghost story. So there's lots of metaphor. And even probably more abstract is Wave After Wave, where it feels like a, an exploration of what grief is doing to me. But this song, Some Kind of Heaven, is is just really direct. It, it is exactly how I've been feeling. It, it's my grief. It's my wrestling with faith. In in every lyric in the song it is about something that has actually happened to me over this last year since losing my mom and is written kind of plainly with that in mind, without embellishment or poetry. So as I said, it, it's a tough one for me to not only hear, but I'll be honest, it's, it's kind of one that I've been avoiding talking about and um, recording this episode. I've, I've waited until the very last minute I'm recording this like a day before the song actually releases. Uh, because I, on one hand, I don't want to gloss over any of the feelings and memories that I'm talking about in the song. And then on the other hand, I, I it's it's hard to talk about these things and it's hard to relive a lot of it. But as is the case with many, many hard things, it's also probably really good for me to do it. Since this song is so lyric-driven and and is so direct, um, I thought it might make the most sense to just go through each lyric one by one and and tell you what I was thinking and, and what it means to me. Here are the opening lines of the song.
1: Just a little longer now Shouldn't be much longer Wait, tell me again, what is this about?
0: Those opening words are, are kind of like an establishing shot in a movie. It's a brief overview of, of a feeling. Uh, it, it's purgatory. The, this song is set in purgatory, uh, this middle space where, where nothing makes a lot of sense. And, and that feeling is exactly what I felt throughout the last couple months of my mom's life. My, my mom died from undetected stage four cancer. And um, in the months before she passed, she she had a lot of back pain and that kept getting worse and worse, but she didn't really want any help. And because it was th- still the, the time of COVID protocols, she was she was really anxious about going into the doctor's office and possibly, you know, getting sick there. Uh, not to mention, she and I shared a, this deep anxiety about all things doctors and, and medical. And so I'm sure she was totally fine to avoid having to go in for her back at that time and but her back got bad enough where she periodically saw a few doctors over a video appointment and every time they they kind of reassured her that they weren't super concerned that they were seeing a lot of this and they didn't see any any major flags and just just assumed that it was related to just not getting out and moving a lot because of covid in in the past year so they prescribed some some meds and and then We all waited and just kept checking in on her and at that time my my dad was taking care of her at home and um, her pain eventually got much worse in in february 2022 and and at that point my brother and i um, went to her home and just to be with her and to try to help and um, do anything we could to just keep her comfortable um, and at that time, honestly, we were all just very sure that she just had a very serious back problem. That was the biggest concern. And in all of our minds, that was the worst case scenario is that she might need surgery. But at her request, um, she didn't want to go to the ER. She felt like she knew what it was. She just wished it was getting better and it just was getting worse. And that lasted for several days. Um, so we just were there doing what we could to give her any comfort possible. And it was Unimaginably hard and so sad to see her in pain. Um, but we we waited and we waited and we weren't entirely sure what we were waiting for because she wasn't getting any better. And then one day it, it got even worse. And so um and kind of in a in a flurry of chaos, we called 911 and an ambulance came and brought her to the ER, which was so awful and terrifying of an experience for her and, and for all of us just trying to, to help um, because her back pain was so extreme at that point that it was impossible to get her transported to the ER without just unbelievable pain. Um, but then she got to the ER and, and for hours and hours, we waited for her to be able to see a doctor. Then they ran some tests and then again, we waited. Then they did a scan and again, we waited. And then they told us partial scary news of seeing something in an image but didn't know and didn't want to jump to a conclusion so again we waited and then she had a, another scan this is like a day later and and again we waited for those results and then we received that just unimaginable news of, of stage four diagnosis and and we wept and we we tried to understand what that meant and and again we we just had to wait and and talk to the correct doctor and meeting after meeting for days, for for a couple weeks, um, even into her time at the hospice, when we realized this, th- there was nothing that could be done, we just kept waiting. And so my mom would come in and out of consciousness, and we were just in this purgatory. And these 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 initial lyrics are a, a reference to that awful feeling, and. and Even now in this last year of of life without her, I I feel again like it's just just a little longer until we get through all of the first of the first year. Just a little longer until we make it past that first year anniversary. Just a little longer until grief turns into something else. And so those lyrics just point to that feeling and it points to the confusion of, of even forgetting about what you're even waiting for. And as I mentioned, it, it's, it serves as the establishing shot of the song. It, it sets the tone of displacement or feeling uneasy about the waiting. And the lyrics that follow are, are also about that feeling, that, that purgatory.
1: I'm having trouble sleeping Keep thinking my phone's ringing Awake in a panic, what's wrong
0: When my mom was in the hospital, um, they still had COVID protocols. And that meant that nobody, even family, was allowed to stay overnight with her, um, which was just another really, really hard obstacle to work around at that time. Um, So I would go home and and try to sleep for a few hours and was just in this absolute fight or flight mode all the time. And we just continually wake up in the middle of the night after thinking that my phone was ringing. And it was just a, a really... Terrible feeling in those weeks. And even after she passed, I, I I had kind of an overflow of stress, just constantly waiting for another bad thing to happen. Um, but yeah, those those initial weeks of, of restless sleep and just constantly waking up to what I thought was my phone ringing, but wasn't. Uh, it was just just really really hard it was like a, like an alarm system just completely shot um i I've, I've heard i've heard it explained that way like a, a smoke detector that's just completely off and even after a year now i still have a lot of remnants of that feeling and it has manifested into all sorts of different parts of anxiety in my life and i i i hate it but it i kind of in my head i'm sure that it's just the entire experience of losing my mom and uh, the, the time in the hospital and all that we, we saw and, and tried to help with and decide. And I'm sure all of that together is, is what um, has created the anxiety that I am currently trying to unravel. Um, but in my mind, it, it is that exact feeling that the lyric refers to, the, the waking up in the middle of the night. The trouble sleeping and, and thinking that my phone's ringing, that, that is like it, it, all of the stress that I currently feel, like, feels somehow related to, to that exact feeling. And that's exactly what this following lyric talks about.
1: My nervous system's acting up. I'm worried it's forever messed up. Now being awake feels unsafe.
0: So I've got kind of a lot to say about that lyric in particular, so please bear with me. And, and again, thank you so much in advance for being my therapist here. Um, but man, stress and anxiety have been like, kind of like this headlining feeling throughout my grieving this last year. It's been really, really complicated and hard, and just my my smoke detector, my, my fears, my worries, uh, my whole nervous system has just been hijacked and, and just out of control, and and to be fair, my I've always been a bit of a nervous person in general, but every worry, anxiety, fear that I've ever had has been like, if it had a volume knob um, since losing my mom, it has been turned up to 11. And it's been really, really complicated and confusing because I think in watching my mom go through everything that she went through in the hospital, that has provided like this nightmare context. Like it, it, I, I saw firsthand not only... Um, somebody that I am deeply, deeply close to and love so much, um, go through absolute pain and horror. But I I also saw all of my nightmares about doctors and dentists. As I said, I, I have this, you know, I've always had this phobia of doctors and dentists since I, I can remember. And it provided a context for exactly why I need to get over that fear and anxiety, because the, the alternative is, is, is a really painful, horrible end of life um, and just not great for my health. My body has not known what to do with that. And neither has my head, but especially my body. So I have experienced a massive amount of, of body anxiety since my mom passed. So immediately after she, she passed, I, I knew that I needed to get on top of at least the dentist and medical doctor phobia that I have had. So I have gotten a bunch of dental work, and um, obviously, I had avoided it for so long. Um, and then I also found a doctor, and I've gotten blood work, and I've I've done, I've done all the grown up things that you're supposed to do. And still, I have a deep sense of body anxiety um, this last year. And and what I mean by that is, I have sensed a feeling or a thing or something has happened in my body almost almost nonstop since my mom passed. Um, that has made me super severe that I'm worried that it is something awful and that I'm going to die. Like it's not even I'm afraid of death. It is I'm worried that this is gonna, it's the thing that my mom had. I'm worried that it's, it's. It's something undetected and it's something terrible. And so that has happened in, I'll just give you a range. Like it, it, I had this sensation of like tingling in my, in my hand and my arm that kind of would come and go. And I noticed after like weeks of of kind of examining, it, it was never painful. It just, I just noticed it. And I would notice that when I went on vacation or somewhere fun, I would I would forget about it. It wouldn't be there anymore. And then I'd come back home and kind of get in the into the routine of things, and it would come back. Or I would have a conversation that would be about my mom, and I could kind of feel it start up again. And so went to the doctor, and then he my doctor said that it was stress. And so I've had things like that. I had um, an, a, a feeling in my in my back that had deeply stressed me out for, for a long time that again, kind of came and went. And, um, I just, that was especially sensitive for me because I, my mom, my mom's situation started in her back and yeah. So there's just been this, and it has been nonstop. There has been something physical inside me since my mom passed that has been stressing me out deeply. And then I do this, this terrible pattern, which I know I shouldn't do, but I I just can't help, but do it. I have that sensation and then inevitably, I will Google it, and Google does the thing that it always does, which is give you every possible awful result. <laughs> you, the range from you're totally fine to um, it's it's gonna like you have days to live, and it it has been so scary. It has been so deeply scary and embarrassingly scary. I, I've I've given too much airtime to it, even in conversations with my wife and. I've just it's it's been it, it has kind of become a headlining thing in my grief and it's gotten in in the way of grieving my mom in, in in the way that she deserves which is just to remember her in this beautiful beautiful way but obviously you don't control that and so yeah so this lyric <laughs> my nervous system's acting up and I'm worried it's forever messed up and now being awake feels unsafe that is I've never written probably truer words to me because I have been terrified that this is my new normal, that this is my new forever is is to constantly be deathly afraid of of my body. And really, it all boils down to feeling unsafe. And that's a really complicated thing to feel as I'm about to turn forty. Um, I had the absolute privilege and gift of the relationship that I have with my mom being so close and so loving that my mom was the, my mom was the, the person that made capacity and space for all of my worries and my anxieties. So if I felt something strange in my back, I would, I would reference it in a conversation with her. And she would somehow, even, even if I didn't believe her, she would say that it's probably okay. And I would feel so much better, even if it wasn't immediate, like I just knew that there was like this checkpoint and my mom, the person that brought me into this world thought I'd be okay. And that felt really comforting. And so without her here, it's it's been really sad to realize that um I am, am alone with that. I mean, I have amazing friends. I have therapy. My wife is such a, a wonderful open person and we talk all the time and she's had to make room for lots of complicated anxiety in me. And but I I had the privilege of my mom, the person that gave me life and taught me how to do life. Um, I had I had that person give me comfort for 38, I mean, when she passed away, I was 38, 38 years of my life. And that is such a gift. And a friend of mine, when I was talking through this stuff early on, he had pointed out that my mom, the closeness that I shared with my mom in those 38 years was at least equivalent, but maybe more um, special and sacred than a lot of people get to in in, in their full lives all the way to, you know, an average lifespan. And so I do, I do recognize that I see it. I'm grateful, so grateful for it. And um, at the same time, it is so much harder to lose it because it was such a gift. And I've mentioned this before, but when my mom passed, that was such a heavy, sad moment in my life. And I immediately wanted to call her to tell her how I was feeling. And I think that was the first moment that i realized that like the person that made me feel safe is is no longer here and i'd have to try to figure out how to feel safe on my own and that has been um uncomfortable and scary and and super messy and so this lyric is is pointing to that and it's hard for me to even read it or or listen to it because it reminds me I can actually almost feel some of the the body sensations that I was talking about I can almost feel them come up when I hear those words because it's it's true it's like my the way grief has moved through me has been a disruption to my nervous system it has been a a, a very um aggressive um like takeover and it's interesting because I'm Somebody willing to obviously. I'm recording this. I'm I'm talking through these feelings. I'm writing songs. I've got a lot of places that I am so privileged to get to share how I feel. So I'm not bottling things up and pushing them down, and so I know better to to understand what that is. Like what what is causing these sensations. I I, I can see. I go on a, a, a trip to Disney World and I'm having a wonderful time. I I'm, I love that place, and. I can feel the sensations that were stressing me out, whatever the bodily thing is, whether it's my arm or the thing in my back or the the feeling in my neck or the what like whatever it is over this last year. I can I can say it is so much more likely that it is stress and anxiety that is the body keeping the score as the book with that title suggests like that, that is what it is. And I do believe that. I think that there's so much research that body holds trauma. It is on a separate timeline than your mind. So even though I know better, but still it feels, um, it feels really strange to know it and to experience it and still be not convinced. You know, like I know that I'm probably okay, but I, I, I also have a voice in my mind that is like, this is probably really bad news and so that, that lyric is, is a reference to that struggle that I have been wrestling this last year. And um, I don't know, I've talked to a few friends about it, about this like body anxiety thing. And a few friends that have gone through loss have shared that they've felt things similar to that, where they're just convinced that they are also sick and that they are also dying in the same way that their parent or loved one um, died as well. And it's, It's really scary and it's really unfortunate because I feel like I should be like the response that I want to having lost my mom is, is to be overwhelmed with gratitude that I got the time that I did with her and to be just grateful for every day that I get to be on this earth. But my nervous system has been on a, on a bit of a different page. And so that's the work that's kind of cut out for me and uh, that I will continue to do until, um, until, my mind and my body start making peace with one another let's talk about the next lyric please help
1: me remember the voice of my mother reminding me everything's okay she deeply believed
0: I've mentioned in past, but my mom was also my manager. So in addition to being my mom and us just having a really close and beautiful relationship, um, we worked together and that was really sacred and wonderful. She helped build everything that sleeping at last is. Um, I can, I can honestly say that every good decision that sleeping at last has made has been um, as a result of, of her kind and loving support. And uh, so, because we worked together, we would talk just about every day on the phone. We would uh, we would have conversations every day. Most of the time, it was about whatever's going on with with music and work and whatever. But um, just she just made infinite space for me to feel what I was feeling. So, obviously, the absence of her voice in my daily life has has been a huge change, and it's been so disorienting and and hard and sad and. And so this lyric is is a prayer to uh, continue to remember her in that same way that I was just talking about, where I want to I want to be filled with gratitude. I want to be able to remember who she was, and I, I I don't want that voice to go away. So when I feel incredibly unsafe and uh, like my nervous system is messed up, all those things, I want to I want to be grounded in in remembering her voice and remembering the thing that she gave me, which is, among many things, just a, a sense of safety and comfort. In keeping with the, the tradition of um, each of these songs in my mother collection, having a little piece of my mom's voice, um, I thought I would let you know about where her voice appears in this song, especially since the lyric is about trying to remember her voice. So I, I went back through some old voicemails that I had saved on my phone and uh, and took just the very ends of, of a handful of messages that she left. And so uh, one of them was on my wife's and my anniversary and she would always end her messages by saying that she loves me. And so anyway, it, it is so heartbreaking and um, but also really beautiful to get to hear her voice. And so even though it's painful to include her voice in each of these songs, but it also feels kind of healing at the same time. And like the lyric says, it it does actually help me remember the voice of my mother. Here are a couple of little moments of her voice in this song. And this appears at the at the very end of the song and that in kind of the outro area. See you later. Happy anniversary. Love you. Talk to you soon. Love you. See you later. Love you. Bye. Next, the the tone of the song kind of changes. The the verses are sort of somber and and very much are telling the story about how I'm doing. And um, when it shifts and it talks about what my mom believed, um, in this case, just a little longer, everything will make sense. Broken things will be remade. Just a little longer,
1: everything will make sense. Things will
0: be that is a representation like a direct representation of my mom's faith and she had this beautiful way of deeply believing that in everyone um, she struggled to believe that in herself she struggled to believe that um, everything would be okay in her world but um I was the beneficiary of, of hearing her give that message that everything's going to be okay, everything's going to be remade, everything's going to make sense for my whole life. And I saw her give it to everyone. It was it was kind of this beautiful magnet that she had, where people that were broken and had um, had something hard that they're going through, or just were kind of felt forgotten about, my mom would instill this massive amount of hope into them immediately. It was it was beautiful to observe and so I wanted to represent that in the song which is why the tonal shift happens and it becomes a little bit more hopeful and more positive but in this first chorus it doesn't go fully there because the second half of it is is a little bit more back to like my struggle with that hope because right now in my life it doesn't feel like everything is going to be okay and it doesn't feel like everything is going to be remade
1: But what about the meantime or the signs. One day everything I will
0: fade. Again, the first half is uplifting and hopeful and represents my mom's beautiful faith and, and optimism for, for everyone around her. And then this second half that we just heard, that, that brings it into a little bit more of a somber tone. And it's contrasted by my, my doubt in the wake of losing um, somebody so important to me. And that doubt is is further explored in in these lyrics.
1: I'm too tired to fight in a civil war. Fate.
0: And that speaks to my just utter exhaustion of of trying to make sense of loss, which is the most natural thing in the world, and still just makes no sense to any of us. And so the next lyrics kind of further explore that. So I'm, I'm saying that I'm tired and I don't want to go into it and then I can't help myself but go into it because what else can we do? We have to try to make sense of the, the universe around us.
1: Just a little longer, God knows I'm growing impatient, I know How cliche, but I need
0: the desperation leads to just questioning and it leads to being frustrated and that's what i was trying to to express in in those lyrics that i'm growing impatient like i kind of get loud and the melody kind of pushes a little harder in that spot and the idea of needing proof it, it is like i said in the song it's cliche and and yet i think when your world hits the fan you you start to need to like you start to want to demand seeing something worth believing in. So those lyrics are, are me being honest about my faith in a season of loss. Um, I wanted to reference my faith in this song because obviously when life starts or ends, we, we've got a lot of questions. And what came before us, what comes after we die? Uh, and how does it all make any sense in the context of grief or joy? So when my mom passed, my, my ideas of faith were widened in, in a strange way. I, w- I would have thought that a loss like that would have either pushed me away from my, my beliefs or my faith, um, and there'd be a lot of anger, or it would go the opposite way, and I, w- I would sort of double down on what I believe. Um, but actually, neither of those things really happened at all. I think that the grief and the experience of losing my mom broke me open wider, Uh, Like on one hand, I feel absolutely certain about nothing, like (laughs) at all, Um, all certainty has completely left me. So there's that surrender in that. Um, And then on the other hand, I feel a very real sense of my mom's peace in her transition. So I wanted to explore a little bit of both of those ideas. So obviously the lyrics before are frustrated and uh, I I feel lost. And that perspective of me just having no clue about anything spiritual, um, but yet there's a huge amount of space in me for it and and at the same time I'm, I'm telling those things to God how I feel um, and th- the other aspect of the song is is me talking about my need to believe in um, to kind of mirror back to my mom her faith and uh, all that all things will will be remade which is something that she deeply believed the next set of lyrics kind of have double meaning for me um, let's go ahead and listen to those and I'll tell you what I mean <music>
1: Radical acceptance sure feels like surrender but I've still got
0: so much to prove So faith in general is a form of radical acceptance it's it's uh, it's believing in something that you're not absolutely certain about. Um, But in in this context, I'm actually referencing something that I talked to my therapist about a lot Especially this last year where I have experienced so much of that anxiety around my health and my body and uh, just the constant what ifs and the worries that I have been feeling, my, my therapist has so gently and kindly reminded me that the answer to all those things isn't to just be reassured and that everything's going to be okay. That's actually not the answer for anything because it is, it is untrue. Um, the answer is radical acceptance. It is, it is accepting exactly what will be, where you are, and what will come. And I struggle with that so much. And throughout the last year of 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 hearing that absolutely correct and beautiful truth, I I have pushed against it. I, I have like I've, I've even told my therapist. I'm like, oh, I just feel so like disappointed that that is the answer, because I know it's true, and I also um, I, like it, it truly does, as the song says. It feels like a like a an absolute surrender. Like it feels like I'm just giving up, I'm forfeiting. And I hate that feeling because I feel and desire the opposite. I want to keep fighting. I want to keep moving on. And I just want everything to be okay. And I want to feel safe. In my grief, I have I've been wrestling with that. And so I wanted to document that. But I had a, a realization with the idea of acceptance with the help of my therapist, which is, I've been looking at it completely wrong. Radical acceptance isn't a destination. It is obviously a direction that you are just trying to aim, and you have to keep continually choosing to aim at radical acceptance. And it's not just a, you do it enough times and it's just default. I think that it has been helpful for me to understand that acceptance is actually the choice in the face of these really, really difficult things. When I feel extremely unsafe, I have a choice to make. I can I can choose to struggle and or I can choose to accept that this is this is what it is. And this is uh, I don't get like I don't get an, an answer, especially when it comes to things about worry and, and anxiety, because the things that I'm worried about are anxious about could happen. Like it is possible. My therapist was really great in helping me understand like something bad is possible or probable and um, filtering my, my anxiety through those two ideas and asking myself, is this, is this probable? Um, no, it's not. Uh, but is it possible? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, could I walk outside of my studio right now and get hit by an asteroid? For sure. It's possible it's very unlikely and so therefore it's not probable and so that has been helpful but anyway acknowledging that acceptance is not a state that you stay in that it is a choice that you actively choose and you actively aim toward um that has been helpful for me the next lyrics are hard for me to talk about but i will do my best i still talk
1: to my mother I keep saying I'm
0: sorry, the only words that feel like true Since my mom passed, I, I've, I've talked to her out loud. I feel weird to say that, but I, I mentioned that to a, a friend or two that had lost a parent as well, and um, they made me feel so much less weird about it because they said the same thing that they, since they're... One particular friend said that since their mom passed, they have they have talked to her openly uh, every day of their life, and it's been decades. And um, there's something really healing and beautiful about it. It's not even like you know I'm 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 talking and talking. It's it's a it just feels like something I need to do, and it feels like some version of of prayer um, where I just. I just want to stay connected to my mom, and so I talk to her sometimes. And so I wanted to reference that in the song, and uh, especially in in the first several months, when I would feel that need to to say something to my mom, just in in some private moment. And the only words that were always there, ready to come out, were "I'm sorry." And uh, and what I mean by that wasn't that I'm apologizing for something that I did. I think it was just it it, it was just an utter lack of language for all that my mom went through in the last few months of her life. It felt so heartbreaking in every sense of the word, and I just wanted to express that I just feel so, so deeply sorry to know that she experienced pain, to know that she experienced all of the the sequence of bad news and, and hard and the goodbyes, and oh, it was just... It was just awful and and the only thing i could come up with to say is i'm so sorry and um so i wanted to note that in the song to remember um and i it also is a is a, is a slight reference to when you lose someone everybody says those words they say i'm sorry right like it's it's the it's the thing that is in place of the right words which don't exist and I, I have found it interesting because I, I I think that when people lose someone that is dear to them they are then equipped to have a level of empathy and compassion towards other people that lose people that they love um and I have found it so interesting that even though I feel I feel that deepening that sense where I uh, like it is like a, a shorthand with people that have lost uh, even though I feel that I still those are the first words that come to mind when 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 people, Lose someone that they love. I, I say that I'm sorry, and a way that I've been translating that in my mind is that I almost feel like it's uh, uh, the lack of language is actually like God saying it through everyone. Like we collectively come together and we say, "I'm sorry," and uh, not even that God's apologizing for the nature of things, but I, I like the idea of um, kind of the universe <laughs> expressing um, sorrow and and sorry. You know, I, I feel like there's something beautiful about that. So every time someone said that to me, when I lost my mom, or even still, I, I like to, uh, I like to think of it um, as that, as uh, as as just uh, as solidarity. And the remaining lyrics of the song all fully go there in the hope and the optimism that my mom felt in her faith. Um, the lyrics. Just a little longer, everything will make sense. Broken things will be remade. That there's some kind of heaven just around the corner and all this pain will be replaced with unimaginable grace. Those words are my mom. Those are, those, that's, that's who she was, that's what she believed. And I am going to spend the rest of my life trying to walk in those footsteps as well and um, to find that optimism and that, that, that overflow of, of love and hope. And uh, so it is written in the song as a reminder to me to um, look at my life and, and my future through, through her lens of, of hope and of light. Thank goodness for editing. Um, <laughs> I, can, I can cut around my tears, which is, uh, which is helpful in, uh <laughs> in not making this uh, the saddest podcast of all time. The very, very final lyric of this song um, is a is a, just a, a, a sweet nod to something that was very true of my mom's life, which is she was usually right about most things. And uh, especially when the opinion was very much at odds with with everyone else, um, it was like this running, not even a joke, just this running truth that um, if she said something, it was it was probably right. And um, so I like the idea in this song of seeing life through her perspective in those, in those last chorus lyrics, um, that everything will be remade with unimaginable grace and honoring that and uh, choosing to believe that because, as the lyric says, she was usually right.
1: With unimaginable after all she was usually right
0: Right. I've mentioned in the last couple episodes about the approach that I'm taking for each of these mother songs which is to not be so precious with the recording or the production I'm sort of approaching it all with a bit of a broken wing since that's essentially what grief is Um, it feels like it's it's messy. And so I'm I'm recording these songs with a lot less second guessing. I'm, I wrote them with a lot less second guessing. Uh, for example, in the production of the song Mother, I recorded that live and there's lots of, you know, chair creaks and room sounds that I would normally try to, you know, I, I like a little atmosphere in my music, but I probably would have cleaned things up a little bit more or I would have edited the vocal or the performance a little bit cleaner. Um, but I, I'm letting these things be... What they are, and that feels like the most real thing to do with my experience with grief, is to just express it. And um, in this song, the way that I approached that broken wing was, I recorded it when I had COVID. I was sick with um, with COVID for a couple of weeks, and uh, at the time of recording this, and. I decided even, even my manager was, was curious, like why I wouldn't just wait to record it later. And the reason is because I felt ready to record it. And when I'm not ready to record something, when I know that I'm just having to perform it, it's a different thing. It's harder to tap into how I feel. And so, yeah, I could have waited and my voice would have been cleaner on this recording and it would have been less, less gravelly. Um, but I, I, again, I just wanted to approach it as honest and real as I could. And so, um, fortunately I was, uh, had a very mild case of COVID and um, it just impacted my basically just having a stuffy nose and sounding like that when I sang. Um, But that's my broken wing on this song is uh, I recorded it while I was sick. And hopefully that doesn't totally ruin the song. Um, But uh, to me, it feels like exactly where I was in the moment of feeling these lyrics and writing these lyrics. And um, so it felt right to me. And I wanted to celebrate and note the absolutely stunning strings that you hear throughout Some Kind of Heaven, which were, of course, um, performed by Sharon and Anya Gerber, a mother-daughter duo of musicians who I am just so deeply blessed and, and honored to get to keep working with. If you've heard any of my music, the odds of you hearing them are extremely high as they've been kind enough to uh, lend me their talents for, for years now. And uh, I will never say it enough. I'm just so grateful for them and uh, deeply honored that they keep, uh, keep making stuff with me. Um, so let's go ahead and listen to their absolutely gorgeous strings on Some Kind of Heaven. Thank you so much, Anya and Sharon. You guys are so wonderful. And a huge thanks to Chris Bethay who mastered this song. Um, yeah, I uh, I think that that's everything in this song. There's a lot more, um, but I, I think that's a good ending point. And just wanted to say that I appreciate you. If you're going through grief as well, um, I cannot encourage you enough to share that journey with as many people as um, you feel safe with, because um, I do feel like even though my mom was that person for me, I feel really, really, really grateful that I get to um, journey into all of these feelings with uh, my family and my um, friends and my therapist and you, uh, who are now honorary therapists. <laughs> so... Um, but thank you for listening. I, I'm really, really grateful for your time, for your curiosity about what I'm doing, what I'm making, and just for being a part of this with me. It means a lot. I think it's good for me. As I said at the beginning of the episode, this is kind of a hard one for me to talk about, and just grief in general is is unpleasant and um, uncomfortable to express. But I, I I feel really grateful for the opportunity to get to walk through it with you. And um, I just uh, yeah, I hope that today, wherever you are, you're having a beautiful day. And um, I look forward to speaking to you soon. And since we went through every line of the lyric, I'm going to end this episode by playing the whole song um, so you can hear it all together uh, once again. Uh, So here is Some Kind of Heaven.
1: Just a little long now Shouldn't be much longer Wait, tell me again What is this about I'm having trouble sleeping Keep thinking My phone's ringing I wake in a panic What's wrong now? My nervous system's acting up. I'm worried it's forever messed up. Now being awake feels unsafe. Please help me remember. okay she deeply believed it just a little A civil War of Faith. Just a little longer, God knows I'm growing impatient. I know how cliche, but I need. acceptance sure feels like surrender but I've still got so much to prove I still talk to my mother I keep saying I'm sorry the only words that feel are I don't need to believe just a little longer, everything will make sense. Broken things will be remade. There's some kind of head. All this pain will be replaced just so.